to actually remember to do it, like, you know, we've done yeah. this for a while, but to remember to like, all right, I'm talking to you, Deontay. Boom. I'm talking to you, Dane, but like looking Boom. at the camera and talking to right. the audience as well. Yeah. Uh, it's a bad habit. It's, I guess it speaks more to the advancement of technology and the advancement of accessibility because we have adult money now to do adult money things with mm-hmm. things that we try to, you know, have our hobbies in. So yeah. being able to, it's a common conversation that Deontay and I have having multiple screens on. Like if we're like gaming, if Facts. we're just not even playing the game, but just in the party watching the game or screen watching somebody else playing the game or just in general. So it's like, yeah, it's almost all of us like that too. I think every single last one of us has a multiple screen set up. We're like either a monitor for a computer or a TV nearby, well, or like you know a situation where you can yeah. flip you know between the two. But like I can't even hook up my Xbox or PlayStation to the TV anymore. Like I there's I can't I can't do it anymore. It's just like not. <laughs> It's right. not fun anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hate it here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I feel you. The do what? The do what? The do what? But, yeah, man. Uh, welcome, audience. Dane and I hopped on the recording session, and we were dressed like some guys that are warm. Look, look, we look like extras for NWA, man. That's yeah, facts. We, 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 t- we twins up in this thing. Both had on black hoodies, or not hoodies, <laughs> black beanies. <laughs> we did not plan it. Dane no, has his duo that. sweater on. I should have threw mine on so it could just look super twinsy, but uh, we'll maybe we could do that. We'll plan it next time. We yeah, we'll do, do that. We'll do that next episode. But um, like welcome, t-shirts. Like welcome, audience. Episode. <laughs> exactly and it's both right next to each other so like, oh you know what you know the pictures that i do for are like the the episode covers uh-huh like should we do one where we're like <laughs> it has to be oh episode 100 all right we'll do it on 100 episode 100 we'll do it y'all hearing all our behind the scenes uh yeah production the pre- talk the premium features the premium <laughs> but this is episode 95 of the duo sports and stuff podcast my name is deontay epps of course joined by my best man my guy my dude who just celebrated his 32nd birthday let's give a hand for the guy do i have the sound of uh applause here yes claps. i do Happy birthday day. Happy belated birthday to my guy. Uh, how's it feel, man? Another year older, another year wiser. Man, it feels honestly the exact same as it did on the 21st. Uh, it's, it's good. It's good. It's every, look, every once in a while, you kind of just like, like, man, I'm this old now. <laughs> like, it's that feeling is started, the feeling of a acceptance is setting in but it was cool man we just chilled um you know i like to keep it low-key on the birthday so just chill got some pizza from my favorite spot went to the home depot grabbed some uh items for for building put up uh put up some shelves in the laundry room yeah we had we used to have like 
an excessive amount of cleaning supplies and laundry room materials on the top shelf above the washing dryer. So I was like, we should get some shelves right there. And I was like, I know what that means. Babe, I need you to build some shelves right here. So <laughs> I had to. See, that's what happens. Look, if y'all ain't married or you're not in a committed relationship. This is how this is how it all starts. I put talk to shelf, him. Talk to him, hey, Dane. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on some game real quick. Um, long story short, put Langston in the bed, and my son's three years old. He sleeps in his bed, and I heard a bunch of loud splashing and loud noise, and I was like, "This boy's supposed to be in the bed sleep. What's going on?" I'm thinking my wife is watching him on the monitor. So I'm in the living room. I'm not even doing I'm like literally just chilling in the living room, like looking up at the ceiling, just chilling. So I get up, I open the door. This dude has like the little diffuser, you know, what you put the little oils in and puts like the aromas in the in the room. He's in there just tossing lavender in the diffuser and it's like foaming at the top. So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> the crazy thing is like he's like, he's like, hi daddy, look. And I'm like, reaction. He's safe. Early, he's early, good. early science experiment action. Yeah, facts. Like he's safe. He's good. Chill. Like you know, trying to redirect him, but not lash out on him because of something that I that I overlooked because of a mistake that I made by not ensuring that it was being watched. And then he was in his bed, so had to make sure I got a shelf installed a shelf in his room to put all his stuff up there so he's not able to get to it. Not yet. And once he gets a little bit older, let's say four or five. Maybe he'd get the idea, oh, I can climb on top of this and get on top of that. We're not there yet. So I built that shelf real good. Long story short, wife noticed I built that. She's like, you know what? We need more shelves. So word to the wise. Uh, be good at it, but don't be too good at it. Because if you get too good at it, then it's the expectation for more of it. Unless, of course, you know, you just don't care. Um, I'm not that really good at that type of stuff, but it's something I had to learn on YouTube just because there was a need uh, for the problem, and I created the solution. So. YouTube University, right? Exactly. YouTube, <laughs> YouTube University to install the shower heads and the shower heads that they got, the shelves. Wait, is that a real channel? No, I'm saying like oh, okay. people, people refer to like learning stuff okay. on YouTube. Okay, YouTube. you got it. Okay. At least, you least that's what I thought. That's what same, I think. Same, there same. Might be, there but might the way, be. YouTube... The way you were so definitive when you say, yeah, YouTube University. No, like, facts. Yeah, These I are got facts. You. Like, you know, so, you know, you can learn some cool stuff on there. Uh, so, yeah, especially home stuff, which feels like a, a, a part-time job in some senses, but you know, that's that's what it was. So I just, you know, chilled. And I thought the, the night was going to go the way that it went, but I was in denial. Uh, I expected something other than what happened to happen. And here we are. We'll talk about it later today. But I'm not going to yeah. worry with the details. It was a good day, though. It was a good day. That, that, that is good to hear, man. Um, you know, you get an order when, like, you know, your birthday happens and it's just another day. Exactly. Um, that's not a bad thing it's just no. you know thankful of course to be alive for another yeah. year thankful for family thankful for friends all that good stuff but um happy yeah, was it was stuff. a it was a good day uh nonetheless besides all the uh sports side of your birthday which we'll get to um in a little bit um but yeah um let's just get into it before we get to to your guys dane we had made some predictions <laughs> About oh, this past guys. weekend, um, the divisional round. Now, let's. I'll ask you this: Were the games to you better, like entertainment value, than the wild card re- weekend games? No, I think wild card was a little bit more exciting to me. Yes, I agree. And maybe, maybe because I was cringing at every hit because it seemed like every game a major injury took place. 
and it, it might not have changed the overall outcome of the game, but it certainly made me like, man. Especially in that that Buffalo game, bro. They were dropping like flies, bro. At yeah. at at one point, you're like, because the Bengals were up, I think at that point, like two scores when uh uh Poyer and uh Tredavious, Tredavious White mm-hmm. uh when they hit each other or when that the collision you know, in end zone? yeah the collision that's yeah. the word I'm looking for yeah I got you man I guess um. Man. Yeah, that that was a uh, pretty pretty rough to see, and you're kind of at this point, like you know, just let the game end just for the yeah, safety like, of, of the guys bro. that are playing. Right? Is that common? Everybody thought that I, I wasn't online keeping a post of it, like, but I I enjoyed wild card, and maybe maybe I had something to do with my team losing, but I ain't, well I knew they were gonna lose. I enjoyed wild card weekend way more than I enjoyed the divisional round, and maybe because there was a uh, there was a, a a larger variety or more. Yeah, games you, of course you have more games, but the games were more wild, uh, not True. <laughs> True. pun intended, you know. Um, All right, you can leave now. <laughs> not to say that the divisional games were bad, but the intrigue of, I mean, I, the closest game was the Cowboys game, which was, what, Saturday, Sunday night. Uh, the Eagles blew out the Giants. Um, Bengals kind of controlled that game against Buffalo throughout the game. Um, KC and Jacksonville was kind of similar to that, and let's let's go ahead and get into that one first. Uh, we both had the Chiefs winning this one. Um, Chiefs come out on top, twenty-seven to twenty. Um, the the Trevor Lawrence that we saw in this game, um, compared to last week, or at least the second half against the Chargers, what did you think about that? Like he didn't play horrible. But there were times when the Chiefs defense, and I think I said this last episode, where uh-huh. the Chiefs aren't known for having an outstanding defense. But no, I like watching them the pad like during this you know Super Bowl caliber runs that they have gone through. The the defense steps up at the best times during their runs. Like there are a lot of times when the defense just makes those plays, whether it's a sack or pick, like. Throughout the season, they're not that kind of caliber defense, and they always step it up a notch in the playoffs. And there were a couple of plays during this game where um, Trevor Lawrence and those guys are trying to, you know, tie the game up, and the Chiefs defense wasn't having it. Um, and of course, the big storyline out of this one was Patrick Mahomes with the uh, with the uh, high ankle sprain. Um, he came out for a series, and freaking Chad Henney comes in the game and. A 98-yard drive. I tweeted, like, giving up a 98-yard drive to Chad Henney in 2023 is crazy. Um, but shout-out to him. He got the job done when, you know, they needed him, and that's what you need in the backup quarterback, a guy that can come in and um, not F it up, right? Um, right. And, yeah, that, that Mahomes injury looked bad, but he he came back and toughed it out. Probably got a, a shot or two in the locker room to – uh tough it out and uh, continue to make Mahomes like plays on damn near one leg, which is impressive enough. But um, yeah. What did you think, bro, about, about this contest? Man, it was, it was entertaining, but I ain't gonna lie. It's a hell of a system. that Andy Reid and them have going on there for your backup to come in at the drop of a dime. And he's probably got the best job in the world, right? Yeah. He knows where his bread is, but well, before him it was what 
is Chase Daniels that probably had the best job in the world. But to come in and just without skipping a beat, pushing and they that was the longest drive of Chiefs playoffs history from playoffs history, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, it's either ninety eight or ninety nine. Yeah, true, 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 true. So it was just it was impressive, and it also just kind of shed light on the the offensive genius that Andy Reid and his team are. But stepping in, you know, coming in the way they did, I, I, I was like, the only thing I was thinking I was like, dang. I ain't gonna get to see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, assuming that they make it that far. But right. honestly, bro, that game made me kind of just question: Do I really want to see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, or I want to see the Bengals back in the Super Bowl? So I was yeah. that that game was a toss up to me because I have no idea how his ankle recovery or lack thereof is going to be yeah. this upcoming weekend. But you know, we can only speculate. But yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, bro. Yeah, I think I think there's no way that Patrick Mahomes doesn't play uh, Sunday. Like, mm. like. There's no way this guy doesn't play. I think you did. You see on the sideline when he was fussing with the medical dude. Yeah, because they and, was trying to. He was trying to pre- prevent them from taking him to the uh, taking him to the locker room, right? So, well, was, I I I assumed that it was just about going in the game, but you might mm-hmm. be right. No, no, um, it was just speculation. I, uh, I was just trying to read lips. That was like, oh right, uh, yeah. All I saw was him saying, hell no, hell no, hell no. You know, in his Patrick Mahomes, imagine his voice. No, no, hell no. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, I think um, he's only, like, as much as, obviously, as a division, a fan of a division rival of Uh the Chiefs, he's only growing to his legend of what they're already saying about him. Um, Like, performances like these, playing with one leg you know, it's his flu game. <laughs> yeah, basically, right? Um, yeah. there, there's not much to say about it, but like, other than, should I speak? Like yeah. him, him adding to what we already think about who this guy is. Like, right? Um, just, <laughs> just Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes things, throwing off one leg, jumping, like passes that no other quarterback can make. He continues right. to make even when injured. Um, but uh, on the other end of that, Jacksonville, great season. Definitely after bouncing back from last year, as far as uh, the Urban Meyer situation, going right. from last division to first, um, winning a playoff game. That's something yeah. to be proud of. And I'm sure Trevor Lawrence and those guys who in that division, they have yeah. a chance to be it's right It's only going to go like this for them. Yeah. They're only going to go. And it's crazy because they were just there. They were at, we thought this was the best to, the Jacksonville Jaguars can be a few years ago with that Jalen Ramsey and Miles Jack led defense. Like we thought yeah. that like, man, this is, this is phenomenal. And, and, then, and, then and they get back, get back. They get Calvin Ridley who, you know, in the Falcons trade got wow. suspended for the entire year for the gambling situation. So True. that offense is going to be fine. Um, <laughs> where, and, you know, where are they in the draft? Let me, why, are you, why are you taking them? Yeah. I need to double check with their draft order whether because they might be – they've been hitting on picks. Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead and look that up. Uh, they um, – offensively, they'll be fine. I was going to say – yeah, that's what I was going to say. In, this, in that division where the Titans are probably looking for a, a guy to lead them um, at quarterback – um, the Texans are the Texans. You know they're still at the top of the draft right now. Um, who else is in that division? AFC South. The Colts. Like you know, what I'm saying like this right now. This is Jacksonville's division, and there is 
a high possibility for them to be right back in um in the playoffs next year. Okay. They got the twenty fourth pick, which is still not bad. It's a yeah. really good premium slot. And you know, the needs when you talk about the needs that they have what they can always get better in the interior defensive line. Probably right. can get some offensive line. Or out. in the second like anywhere on the defense. Secondary. Yeah, like, sec- and the the crazy thing is about the draft this year, there's so many like big corners this year, like yeah. six one and six two and six three like whoo. Yep. With a couple couple of episodes later down the road, we can yeah. talk about that. I was, just gonna say that. Seven, but, I was just gonna yeah. say that. I was just gonna say that. Um and then the other game that Saturday evening, um mm-hmm. Philadelphia Eagles dominating the New York Giants Bro. 38 to 7. Um what I thought was interesting in this one, Dane, and um if you're an Eagles fan and you see this performance, this is exactly what you want to see mm-hmm. out of Jalen Hurts for one. He didn't pick pick he didn't put up big numbers, right. but he looked healthy. Right, yeah. I think that was the main concern with them uh, in that Week 18 win when they barely beat the Giants and their their backup guys. Uh, he threw for like 150, I think, and two two touchdowns. But that running game uh, and that offensive line Ridiculous. dominating, Ridiculous. Uh, and and it's not like the Giants have some pushovers on the defensive line, right? They got Leonard Williams, Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, a stout, you know, what I'm saying stout front line. Um, and the Giants, or excuse me, the Eagles just dominated. Um, Kenneth Gainwell had 112 yards rushing, Miles Sanders 90. Uh, as a team, 268 and three touchdowns. That's what you want to see because for the Philadelphia Eagles, they want to depend on the ground game um, to open up those big shots to uh, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, those weapons that they have. Uh, on, on the defensive side, going to go – Going up against Daniel Jones, mm-hmm. frustrated him, got to him. I mean, this is like the Daniel Jones we saw previously before Brian Dable the got there. The yeah. the headlights, Daniel Jones. Yeah, man. What do you what do you think about it? I for one, I knew the game was going to get out of hand, but I didn't think it was going to get out of hand like that. Like uh, Bo and I, which is your, your brother, shout out to Bo, Eagles fan. He and I both discussed like this is going to be at least a two possession game, and we were, our logic was questioned at that time. We were like, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. So I was like, I think I, I, I think I said that too. I didn't, I didn't expect it to be no. this much of a blowout they considering can. how week open eighteen was, and um, we were both actually Dane in the chat together listening yeah. to Bo, and he going, it's, he was, it's so funny. My, if you guys. The audience doesn't know my brother, my older, one of my older brothers is a diehard Eagles fan. Okay. Eagles fan for years. And when he watches a game, uh, it is a spectacle. Um, and just listening to him watch the game is even more because you can't like you can't see him, but you can you see can, him in your head of how yeah. he's reacting to every single thing. And the most beautiful thing about that is his wife is a Cowboys fan. Yeah. So it's like a, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful synergy, a yin and yang situation yeah. going on there. So, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he was eating it up after we lost on Sunday yeah. night. I ain't talked to him since, so I need to hit him up. Same, same. Take, take my um, links, man, get those in. Yeah. I think we can run through this one pretty quick, man. It's just Eagles, Eagles dominating. <laughs> <Just> dominating. <laughs> Giants. I, do you want to go preview or wait till later? Because on the topic, how easy it was for them to move the ball, like they didn't have to try, and maybe that spoke to them holding back. Maybe they held back in that final 
that final regular season matchup because this this was a beatdown. Yeah, like this was what you do. This is what you do to the bully that stole your lunch money for like right. a number of years, and you finally I, had it. And I, I don't know if it's more of them holding back or just kind of shaking off the rust in that in that game because that was the first game they had hurts back. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of guys were coming back from injury on the defensive side. CJ Garner Johnson, you know, was just getting back in his groove and that secondary and defense getting back to how they were playing at the beginning of the year. I think that mm-hmm. kind of helped them. Um, and also seeing the Giants, you know, what the Giants like to do and, you know, taking those things to the film room over that week span or week and a half span and like, all right, all right, we ready to go. We at home. Right. We got the momentum. Um, we, you know, we trying to, you know, make a championship run here. So I feel you on that one. Um, and yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that preview, uh, the NFC championship in a bit. Um, rubbing my ass. Yeah. And probably the coach of the year, Brian Dayball up there. Um, remarkable job we did with the giants looking like they're going to bring Daniel Jones back. A lot of giants fans are split on that. Um, going to be interesting to see if they bring, uh, Saquon back though, Dane. Um, but we'll keep an eye on that in the uh, in the off season. Um, probably the headline, I I would say headline game. Maybe this one in the Cowboys game, the Bengals Bills on Sunday afternoon. Another dominating performance, right? This is the uh, the game, obviously that was postponed mm-hmm. uh, and then later canceled due to Demar Hamlin. Um, and the Bengals started this game out the same way they did that Monday night game, uh, driving down the field and scoring a touchdown. Joe Burrow looks like he's on a mission, bro. Um, 23 of 36, 242, two touchdowns, looked calm in the pocket, did not look phased. And I think a lot of people, analysts, even I was kind of concerned, even though I had the Bengals picking this one. My concern was the offensive line. They had lost a couple of starters. Um, we know last year they made that Super Bowl run, but what kind of failed them in the in the uh, Super Bowl was not being able to protect Joe Burrow. They've done a great job of that all year, but, you know, we've seen it last week uh, when they won their game against the Ravens uh, that they were struggling. And that's kind of a salute to the Ravens' defense. Um, they have a – you know, they've always been known for their defense. And so to see uh, – the offensive line not only protect Joe Burrow, bro, but uh, Joe Mixon had some lanes to run through. Uh, Samaj P. Ron had lanes to run through. It was nope. watching snowing. Joe Mixon run the ball because he can mix you and he can stiff on me under the turf. Watching him run the ball is a thing of beauty. Yeah, I love it. It's not not the same player. I'm not saying he's the same player, but it it gives me flashbacks of your all your can do it all backs like LaDamian Thompson. Like yeah. that, that, that's how, that's who it reminds me of. Like, yeah. You know. And when he's, he averaged five yards a carry, 20, 20 yeah. carries, 105 yards. That's give him two and two times. That's a first down. They, it was just so easy for the Bengals. Mind you, this game was in Buffalo, right? Yeah. All the momentum with Buffalo playing at home. Uh, DeMar Hamlin was there. It was snowing everything element wise and atmosphere wise, you would think would favor the Buffalo bills, but, Joe Burrow was on the other side. <laughs> Joe Cool. Bro, we talked about this last week. And we, I mean, I predicted it was going to be a high scoring game. I didn't think the Bengals defense was going to show up the way that they did to frustrate Josh Allen the way that they did. 
but he had a, he had an off night. That happens in this in this league. It's going to happen plenty more times. But I didn't expect this. I thought it was going to be like a one possession game. The last person with the ball was going to win type of situation. But yeah, with the way that the Bengals are moving the ball in the air on the ground, they did not look unstoppable. Like they looked unstoppable. Yeah, which is which has me teetering the way that I want to change my picks, and I don't want to. I wouldn't be surprised at the outcome of this week's championship, or I wouldn't be surprised at the outcome of these championships just because of how balanced they are. Yeah. So. Yeah, and they and we had talked about it last week, bro. They were coming mm-hmm. in on a eight game win streak last yeah, week, man. or when they beat the Ravens, that made it nine games. These guys are hot. Um, and and the reason why I picked them not only because they were hot, but the Bills were the opposite of that. They were like a roller coaster of yeah. emotions and gameplay. Like Josh Allen's playing up and down. Yeah. Um on the they're defensive gonna, side. They're gonna go just as far as Josh Allen takes them Yeah. The week before when they beat Miami, they gave up thirty one points to a team that didn't have Tua or Teddy yeah, Bridgewater. I like that. Yeah, they had Skylar Thompson quarterbacking and he led them almost to an upset. True. Uh the, the Bills' defense has not been the same. I mentioned this last week as well since yeah. Von Miller got hurt. They they can't get to the quarterback. I know you're looking at me crazy. They can't they can't get to the quarterback. He was such a big piece for them, um, being able to put pressure, um, and that kind of was their Achilles heel towards the end of the year. Um, more than expected when he went down. Um, and then like we mentioned at the top of the pod, bro, Injuries, injuries on not Von, not only Von Miller, but this the back secondary area. Uh, guys were falling like flies towards the end of the game. Uh, linebackers, um, and when that kind of happens, it's just like at this point, it's like man, let's just let's just get out of here <laughs> as healthy as possible. But um, yeah, just seemed like the Bengals were, or should I say, are uh, on a mission. Greater words have not been spoken. Yeah. So, well, before we get into this last one. Yeah. And you can mention the last one if you want to. Who's the most disappointing loss for you? Or maybe the most surprising loss for you? Surprising lost? Mm-hmm. If I had to pick one, I'm, I'd probably go with this one. Um, Just... I won't say the loss, just the performance. Mm-hmm. Like you had mentioned, like this game being kind of closer. We expected right. kind of this back and forth between Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. Right. Um, just Josh Allen probably played his worst playoff game ever. Yeah. Um, right. And, you know, I think just the inconsistency that we saw leading up to it could kind of lean this way. But I still didn't expect it to be. Let's look at his stat line. He was 25 or 42, 265, no touchdowns, one pick. And what what's the biggest thing that's a part of Josh Allen game is like taking off and running with yeah, the ball. Running. He had his longest run was six yards. So that's credit to the to the Cincinnati defense. Um he only had 26 yards rushing. So just wasn't like a Josh Allen kind of game. Mm-hmm. And if I when I was watching the game, it kind of felt like he was trying to do too much a lot of the times where he was trying to to score, um, do a Madden and like throw for a touchdown every single play, 
talked about that too. Yeah, going exactly. For run, going for them home runs every yeah. every single throw, and it's, that's just not sustainable. Right, not not at all. And so, not at um, that round of the playoffs, at least. Yeah, exactly. I think, and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, the lack of a run game for this team proved to be detrimental. They're starting running back is Devin Singletary, and I feel like I was watching the game and I never seen him carry the ball. He did carry it for six, six, six times for twenty-four yards. James right. Cook five carries, thirteen yards. That's not going to get it done um, in the playoffs. I feel like having a sustainable run game, and I think this mm-hmm. will kind of lead us into the uh, Dallas, Dallas and mm-hmm. San Francisco game. Mm-hmm. Having a, a sustainable run game in the playoffs is. Highly important, extremely important. Take the pressure off the quarterback. Play action, you know that old school kind of run, 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 pass, play action kind of. Not having that secondary creep in so much to stop the run, uh, or excuse me, have the uh, to have the linebackers come up thinking it's going to be run to set up the pass, but buying um, that fraction of a second. Yeah, exactly, bro. Exactly, and I think the Bills uh, probably. I saw I saw this, and we'll get to this in future episodes, Dane, mm-hmm. about uh, a running back that they could possibly get in the draft. Uh, we talked about this with the Lions as well. Is Bijan Robinson? Boy, they're man. they're missing a run game to take off that pressure from from Josh Allen. Um, mm-hmm. If they get a running back via free agency or the draft that can mm-hmm. kind of come in, and uh, I'm trying to think of a running back this past year that did well. Like rookie, that kind of filled in for somebody. Like I can't think of one off the top of my head. Kenneth Walker. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Walker, Walker from the Seahawks came in and you know took the pressure off Geno and look what kind of Geno or what kind of year Geno had, right? So somebody like that that can come in uh, and play well can help help the Bills. But on to this last game, Dane. Unfortunately, we we're gonna talk about it. Um, oh, let's let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> the Cowboys and the Niners. I actually predicted you guys to kind of pull it off. I thought this was gonna be the year that you got the monkey off the back. Um, I, I and the score was nineteen to twelve. Obviously, Niners win. Um, what I what I said last week, Dane. I felt that the Cowboys defense was going to play well. I felt like the Cowboys defense was going to put pressure on Brock Purdy and we would see a different Brock Purdy who had not been pressured, who had not been um, put to put through the ringer, so to speak. I won't say playing from behind, but just feeling a sense of urgency. Right. Um, I don't think he had played a defense like Dallas yet that had some guys that can get to the quarterback. And for the most part throughout the game, he felt there were times, I won't say from first quarter through fourth quarter, but there were times in the game where you made him a little antsy, sacked him Mm -hmm. two times, but not like there were, there were some pressures in there that made him kind of get the, get rid of the ball. And if I'm coming into the game, Dane, if, 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 we didn't know the final score of the game, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't know that the Cowboys lost. If you said the Cowboys held the Niners to 19 points, you would take that, right? I would take that. Nine times out of ten, I would take that. Right. and Because you, you look at how well Brock Purdy had been playing. 
He had yeah. elevated the San Francisco offense with the, all the weapons that they had. George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Eli, Elijah Mitchell. They were scoring like 30-something points a game. Um, and you held them to 19 points. And the disappointing thing about that, and this is where I'm going to hand the baton to you, only scoring 12 points, having opportunities to make big plays, not capitalizing on those things and losing 19 to 12. Mm. Well, Deontay, this is where I would take the opportunity normally to gloat and tell people I told you so. But I've been talking for... All right, this has been docu- well documented for a number of years. Yep. This quarterback played, picked the most, or picked the greatest opportunity possible to play one of the worst games we've seen from him in a very long time. And that's hard to do coming from somebody who's had a crap ton of bad games this year. Yeah. Now, say what we want. I'm going to say what I want, or we can say what we want about the quarterback and how we want him gone and all these things. Let's let's stick with the facts. The facts are there isn't a single team desperate enough to take on that contract without Dallas throwing in a buttload of picks or making the, the trade very sweet. There's that. There's the, I don't know, maybe the fact that this guy has a no trade clause in his contract. So there's that. Then there's the fact of, well, maybe this was just a really bad match between this quarterback and the offensive coordinator. There's also that. But Deontay, I was not I was not surprised. I was not disappointed. If anything, I was like, this is exactly what I was expecting. Unfortunately, I can't sit here and tell you that I finished the entire game. After they after the 49ers scored that. Lone touchdown of the entire game. I was like, yep. Right. That's all she wrote. And of course, there was plenty of time left on the clock, but I, I've seen the story one too many times. I was like, yeah, let me go ahead and watch some. Go, let me go watch some with the wife. So she's like, the game's over already. I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and mind you, this is my birthday. So I'm like, this is. I, I ain't going to let them ruin my birthday. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, it, it, and the crazy thing is, it had nothing to do with that. It had everything to do with, I know how this is going to go. I'd rather do something else. So. I can't tell you how the last possession or possessions went. I heard all about some of the plays and how they played out. Even the last play I heard about how they played out, but I yeah. still haven't seen it. I, I, uh, you you still haven't seen that last no, play? I haven't seen the last drive. I've I've watched. I think I watched the kick return, and that was it. Maybe yeah, yeah, that was it. That was it. They scored. They kicked the PAT, and then I watched the kick return. Let me tell it. you about the last place that you didn't see. Mm. Let me see if I can paint a picture for you. <laughs> oh wait, wait! I've I heard how it went. I'm just not going. I'm not going to look for it because I, you know, I, I refuse. <laughs> I so re- you like, understand? It didn't help me then. You understand how, like, in your mind, you've been told what it looked like at first. At first, I thought it was a joke that you know, radio hosts or um, the posts that I saw on Twitter or online. I thought those were like they were making light of, you know. Zeke being a glorified right tackle uh, in the in the backfield, essentially on most third down plays. Like I thought, that's where they're from. But I, to my understanding, my comprehension, he was he was playing center, some sort, some weird. I don't know. I what's, what's the uh, the 
Ice Cube uh, GIF where he's like, yes, saying yes on Friday. Yes. yes. <laughs> he was at center and somebody made, I saw this funny meme of, you know, when old boy wore Zeke's jersey during y'all training camp. They flipped yeah. jersey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said that was Zeke at center. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand that play. You, you, Okay, you've been painted the picture of that play, which right. I, I, I don't get what was going on there. But I got off the phone with my dad before we recorded about two hours ago, uh-huh. and we were talking about the game. We we talked about the game after it happened, but right. we, we just happened to have a conversation about uh, Dak Prescott in general. Um, and my thing, and I see, uh, and I'll bring it How to you. How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I said this, and I'll see, see if you agree or disagree with me. I got my notes right here in front of me. Because I, I've... I've seen a lot of talk online, obviously, mm-hmm. um, the slander and things of that nature, the the Dallas Cowboys account tweeting what it tweeted, and we'll talk about that in a second, too. Did you see that, by the way? Oh, it's about the article from the, uh, the, the team account? Team? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're not wrong. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. But For I sure. told my dad, I was like, okay. Dak Prescott, because a lot of people are, are saying he'll never be Joe Burrow, he'll never be elite, all that kind of talk. And I said, like, okay, that can be true. But if we look at the past quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls, there have been instances where the quarterback was not elite, right? And they won a they Super Bowl. They needed to be average. They needed to right. be average. Right, and I said that. And I said that. I said, he doesn't have to be elite. Nope. He will not be a Patrick Mahomes. He will not be a Joe Burrow. He will not be a Josh Allen. All those. Even though as many times as he tries to needle and thread balls in places where they're not supposed to go and inevitably getting picked off, he will never be one of those guys. And that's not a knock on him. That's just the reality. Right. Right. Sometimes sometimes God touches the shoulder of a person and allows them to throw a ball, you know, 120 miles an hour. That's just how it goes down. And I agree. I agree with you. And I'm like, he doesn't he doesn't have to be or try to be those guys. Right. He needs to be average at best. If he was average on Sunday, Dane, you win, that game. We'll you win, win the, the game. game. Win the game. One or two or three. I've seen there were three different instances where Dak essentially gave up points. That first pick that he yep. threw on a was kind of a late a late throw. Again. Again. Uh and somebody else made a point. Oh, <laughs> Michael Irvin made a point on yeah. first take where he was like it reminded him the way Dak plays or like why how he like when he drives back and like does like a fake pump fake, like hesitates to throw the ball. He said that reminds him of Troy Aikman when they were playing back in the day. And uh, did he say Jimmy Johnson or so, one of the off- – oh, Norv Turner was the offense coordinator for y'all back then. Mm-hmm. He said Nor- Norv would tell Troy, hey, just let it rip. Like don't yeah, hesitate. Just let it rip. And that first pick, he hesitated. And they got picked, and you know they didn't score a touchdown. They got three points. Uh, I'm trying to remember defense, right? And the other I got, pick, I got a few for you. I got a few. For, I'm the other pick to Fred Warner was that like it a behind, deflected? Was, it was deflected by Jimmy Ward, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, Fred Warner it was it right there. It was a bad throw, regardless of who deflected it. He should. It was a cover. It was a cover two look. He should have thrown it into the dirt or checked it down to Zeke on the right hand side. Right. Zeke was running a some sort of flare or or whatever should have checked it down to Zeke lived to play another day but right. he tried to he thought he was Patrick Mahomes and tried to yeah oh I can there fit were, that in there and just 
There were so many times, and I know, like, you've watched Dallas a lot more than I have, but mm-hmm. I watched this game from kickoff to zeros on the clock. There were so many times where I was like, why did he do that? Like, he's trying to he's fit making stuff harder than what it has to be. Into these tiny little windows, and I, do, I don't understand it. And then, Dane, the uh, the the touchdown pass he missed where he tried to throw it, uh, to C.D. Lamb over Fred yeah, Warner the seam, when the seam route when, when a, T, like a cover when, two situation. But did you see when T.Y. was butt open naked. on the left side? Booted butt naked. Yeah, those are three different game change, little game changing plays that kind of I feel like were the big plays that made the difference in this one. And maybe he thinks he has to do everything okay. because he doesn't have no the no. the run game. He doesn't There's, have. He y'all lost Tony Pollard at that point, so he feels like he has to put it all on his shoulders. Here's the thing, man. It's a situation where I don't know if it's the chicken or the egg, but we 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 need to find out this offseason. Kellen Moore needs to get a job somewhere else because he's just a, a damn good OC. He needs to go somewhere else. And I'm listen to me, hear me, and hear me clear. He is such an amazing OC that I hope he gets the best head coaching job possible. On the other side of the ball, we have one of the worst defensive coordinators in the league, and I hope that he stays with us. He, he doesn't deserve to be a head coach anywhere else. Not I see what you're doing here, buddy. He's a horrible offensive coordinator. Correction. He's a horrible, horrible, horrible defensive coordinator. I see what you're offensive doing here. Offensive coordinator, he can he – You're not to, listening. Dallas, Dallas, he's like – you know, Dallas needs to be in the rearview mirror because Dallas is only holding him back. So he needs to go. Here's the thing. We have, and people get very sensitive about Dak Prescott and he's their savior or whatever the, whatever the, I don't know, this weird obsession that people have with Dak Prescott. I'm going to keep 100 because I've always kept 100 about him. He tries to do too much with what he has. If you operate within your skill set, do what you're supposed to do and stop guessing, second guessing yourself and being inconsistent and trying to do more than what you're supposed to. The game will be fine. We needed him to be completely average. What he did during the wild card, we just needed half of that. If we got half of that, we'd have been fine. But there were too many times second guessing it and predetermining his throws. We were, uh, that that same play we we're both talking about. And Fred Warner is the best off-ball linebacker we've seen in a very long time. Shoot. <laughs> Probably since Luke Keekley's of the world, Ray Lewis's, Patrick Willis's of the world, like one of the best off-ball linebackers we've seen in a very long time. Right. For him to be in the A-gap, <laughs> showing blitz, and then retreating all the way to the middle of the field to cover CeeDee Lamb, his goal, and then Kurt Warner broke this down perfectly. I'll send you the clip. If you haven't, follow Kurt Warner. He's one of the, the greatest followers on Twitter. And it, his YouTube channel is really good. So he brought, he had like a 50-minute clip of him breaking down that Cowboys game or just where some stuff went wrong where he would have made some better decisions. But the best opportunity for that throw, which he said means of means of means of throws or means of means of situations, that's the right throw to make. There is a perfect window when Fred Warner turned his back to retreat to C.D. Lamb within five or six yards of C.D. CD getting off the line of scrimmage. Rip it. That's when you throw the ball. Or, like Dan Olarski said, T.Y. Check it to T.Y. Because if you know 
and this is JV stuff, if a linebacker shows you his back and there's only two guys covering the stacked wide receivers on the left side mm -hmm. and there's trips on the right side, it's a process of elimination. There's two people over here. There's three receivers over here being covered by maybe four people. This means I need to go ahead and go this like it's it's so simple. And of course, it probably makes more sense when you break it down in slow motion, anyways. But still, yeah. But that the only way that we're going to see anything change, Deontay, because unfortunately, or fortunately, oh no, unfortunately, we're tied. And we're we're uh, this marriage is. Yeah, we can't get out of this marriage for at least at least another year without some severe penalties. Yeah. So my suggestion, I don't know, pretty I'm sure a lot of people have already said this with me being the draft nut that I am. I love the draft and player evaluations and the possibilities of new players joining teams. We need to let this OC go, let him fulfill his dream about being a head coach somewhere else, or you need to let the quarterback go. But regardless of what you what you decide to do with the OC and the quarterback, you have to what? add. Oh, go ahead. I was I was gonna say, I, but you have an owner slash GM who doesn't who's mi like married to to his staff. He's so yeah. loyal to a fault of controlling of his staff <laughs> of because I, honestly they're his decisions because he's the yeah, GM absolutely. And so I mean, that's, that's like him admitting he's wrong and like. Sometimes you have to be humble and understand that sometimes that I got these you. situations won't work or can't I got work. You. Perfect, perfect example. Same, same quarterback era. We had this amazing all-pro wide receiver by the name of Des Bryant. They let that situation with him get personal. Cut him. And they trotted out a little wide receiver by committee, a rookie Michael Gallup, if I remember correctly. There's a bunch of guys, that, but Michael Gallup was your best receiver. He was mm -hmm. he was a rookie from Illinois State, and they were we were getting our asses kicked because we there was no separation. Mm -hmm. What did we do? We made an in season acquisition. A lot of people had said at the time this is one of the worst trades we made. For Mari Cooper, for Mari Cooper, and that instantly changed that offense because you had somebody, you had a, a valuable weapon that a, a route technician, which this quarterback needs. He needs. Somebody that's capable of separation, and the the front off that was to me that was the front office admission of guilt. Like, oh, we messed up. We got rid of a one, a number one. We need a number one. Let's go find one. But then they undid that. They un. They wronged that right by trading this guy away, getting making it personal again. Yeah, trading him away for peanuts. And now we're going we're going right back to the same situation. So this is this is here we here we are, market right now. I will bet $100 between today and the start of the season that there's going to be a first-round pick spent on a wide receiver or some sort of historic trade getting a number one wide receiver or in a solid 1A, 1B type my, receiver situation. With my dad told me on the phone he heard that y'all were trying to go after DeAndre Hopkins, which I had not heard yet. I can see that. I can see that. Whether um, that's going to be a solution, like whether that's going to like put a band aid over, I don't know, an earthquake. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I, I and I also think, um, kind of to to our point about the Bills game is they didn't y'all didn't have any kind of running presence, and 
I think against San Francisco, it's tough to run yeah. the ball. They because they're they have eleven professional football players too, but their their identity is right, right now. Their identity is their defense. How yeah. amazing their defense is, and they have what the number. I think they have the number one and number two rush, rush defense, defense in the league. Yeah, a couple of There's, times like. And in substitution of that, and that makes sense, in substitution of the run game, y'all were doing like these quick passes, like an extension of the run, yeah. which would, I think it was, was CD, which one, get the ball in CD's hands because at that point, he's your one big playmaker kind of guy that can make a play. Right. Um, but yeah, to the other point where the Niners defense is just so good at stopping the run, yeah. you got to do some and kind of... Here's the thing too, man. If I'm sitting in my couch... Watching the game, but also on my phone scrolling, you know, reading articles and stuff. And even I noticed that every time that CD Lamb was in the slot, they would bracket, they would put a they put a corner on him, obviously, and they would bracket a few yards away from him, Fred Warner. Like, if I can see that by halfway paying attention, how the hell did the OC and the quarterback not realize maybe putting him in the slot was not the best idea because you eliminated your best option by far? So I oh sorry about that. I don't know, Deontay. I don't. I don't know. But then again, to continue to operate off of a quick game like that, off a super quick West Coast game, you have to rely on your quarterback to make quick decisions and process things quickly. And he just was not doing that. Unfortunately, yeah. I didn't think whether the route combinations that were called were bad, whether the checks or the plays that he was checking out of were those were good or sound decisions. I don't know. But I, after the first pick, I was like, yeah, it's all she wrote. Yeah. That's all she wrote. But I got to say his defense balled out. There are going to be a lot of pissed off defensive players. Well, save Trayvon Diggs making a business decision and dropping that pick that would have changed the title of the game. Outside of that, I was impressed by three things. I was impressed by CeeDee Lamb. I was impressed by the defense. And I was impressed by the offense because we didn't hear, we didn't hear Bosa's name at all. Right. At all. Like, they... That was one of the first times that he had been eliminated. And shout out to the Smiths, Tyler and Tyron, for eliminating this dude. Now, he made plays here and there, but say what you want. Bosa is eliminated from the game, from, from the staff sheet, from performing the way that he normally does. You should win that game. And because they didn't, quarterback, man. Quarterback in the OC, they share the brunt of the blame. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah, man. So, hopefully... <laughs> The Cowboys can make some kind of adjustments. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> Heading into uh, conference championship week, man. We said that these divisional ga- round games were going to be tough to pick. These championship games will probably be even tougher. Right. Um, the cream of the crop, so to speak, rising to the top. <laughs> mm. Heading into uh, championship weekend. Of course, the first game day in the Niners taking on the Philadelphia Eagles at home in Lincoln mm-hmm. Financial Field. Um, yeah, this this should be really good. Um, I had a nugget right here I was going to say about this game. Let me see if I can find it. It was there before. About the um, oh, to your point about the Niners' uh, rush defense, Dane, they allowed the second fewest rushing yards per game. So you were right on that, 77.7 yards a game. Uh, Jalen Hurts faced a team that finished top 10 in rush defense twice in the regular season, while those two games led to his lowest rushing outputs, which is important because he uses his legs. Um, 
he decided to go through the air. The top two teams he faced this year were the Titans and Steelers. He threw for 380 against the Titans um, and threw for a career-high four touchdowns against the Steelers. So we'll see how they adjust. Um, the Eagles want to run the ball. That's part of their identity, even though they have guys like A.J. Brown on the outside, Devontae mm-hmm. Smith on the outside, uh, Dallas go. Goddard, Goddard, uh, Miles Sanders um, coming out of the backfield. Um, It's going to be an interesting chess match because D'Amico Ryans uh, has these guys playing with confidence like they've had all year. And coach uh, D'Amico Ryans to you. Yeah, he He, he, he is him. He is him. Whoever hires this guy, and I hope it's this cycle, um, they're going to get a good one. Um, But this is going to be a tough Tough game. Um, it's in Philly. Not that that will. I mean, mentality wise for San Francisco, obviously it's going to be at least on the defensive side. I don't see that being an issue. Uh, Brock Purdy, I said last week would be where we kind of see him get brought down to earth. Which this is going da- to Dallas. Dallas play defensively. They they almost got him to where we saw. We saw moments where he was making throws that he made in the Big 12 that we usually say, oh, that's the Brock Purdy that we know. Uh, this Philadelphia Eagles defense leads the league in sacks. Um, and I I think they're going to turn it up a notch. What we saw Dallas do, I think Philly kind of takes that blueprint of how to confuse Brock Purdy. And um, they, they go after him. I won't make my prediction just yet, but what do you I see in the you. game, bro? I see... Taking this to a Batman reference, I see an unstoppable force meeting an immovable object. You have a rush defense that is completely amazing for the Niners, but you also have an amazing balanced attack from Philly. I'm just going to go out and say it. This is Philly's game. I... Philly has the beef, the power, and the pedigree up front to stop a team like the 49ers from being successful. They have the pass rush. They get up by more than two possessions. This will be the game where we say, well, there's the rookie. There's the this is the rookie Brock Brady we've been waiting on yeah. to see. And and yeah, we haven't seen, I think I we mentioned that last week. We haven't seen him play from behind. Nope. Um, y'all played Dak, so he definitely didn't yeah. look like the rookie. Where Dak just looked that bad, probably yeah. a combination of both. Uh, but he he looked he. We still haven't seen him bleed yet, and yeah, unfortunately, this might be that game. Right, and I think I think the Cowboys defense laid a great blueprint. Besides from a few plays that that last drive where the Niners scored, y'all held them to what three field goals? They were until that down, point, bro. Yeah, it was three. They, that was the only score, touchdown they scored that entire right. game. Um, they were they were they were worn down. That defense was worn down, man. Yeah, so if Philly, I, think, I think Philly can make it happen, they got yeah, the horses up front. I I agree. I think Philly um, on on the defensive side gets gets pressure on Brock Purdy, makes it difficult for him to kind of get settled in this game. It's going to be loud in Philly. It's going to be a big time playoff atmosphere, obviously with the Super Bowl trip on the line. Um, but on that other, the other side of the ball, uh, Jalen Hurts going against that defense. <laughs> secondary, secondary is about to get shredded. You, you think so? Nah, he's might have a tough time 
using his legs the way he does with Greenlaw and, and Fred Warner being the amazing athletes so there. Like, those are strong safeties cosplaying as linebackers, bro. Yeah. So that's the best way I can explain it. But yeah, he might not be able to use his legs, which is a, a major strength of his, but he's gonna dice up that secondary. Yeah. I I, I he he's gonna have to make throws um to win the game. Um we've seen uh in the Seattle game, mm-hmm. uh Seattle take advantage, at least in the first half, of DK Metcalf being able to separate from Ward on the outside and those one-on-one opportunities mm-hmm. like you, like you were talking about. So I think that is their chance to make big plays down the field because I feel like the Niners trust their secondary enough to leave them out on the island because they want to stop the run, right? So yeah, they're going to have the linebackers. We ain't have speed like the Eagles have on offense. Yeah, so right. So they, they... – Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be and, surprised if he throws at least 280. Those – those linebackers play so close to the line of scrimmage to, right. to stop the run, and those opportunities are going to be there for Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. to uh, hit A.J. Brown, uh, Devontae Smith, Quez uh, Watkins, um, all those guys they have on the outside, Dallas Goddard, all those guys. They're going to have to take advantage of those opportunities. I think that is where this game is won and lost, those big Absolutely. play shots. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say – Philly, Philly was my Super Bowl pick when we when we made our predictions a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm a roll with them. I think you got them as well, right? Well, I had the Seahawks. I had the Seahawks well. I mean, just it. for, for oh, this, yeah, 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 Philly, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. There won't be look. There won't be any uh, any technical difficulties during these picks. <laughs> yeah, but, you got uh, all that fixed, right? Yeah, I got all that fixed. Uh, didn't have to worry about masking who I really wanted to, or who I knew was going to win the game. Yeah, but, yeah, don't have to worry about that anymore. Those are all fixed. Yeah. You know? Um, and then the AFC Championship game, Dane, <laughs> AFC Championship game, Dane, game, Dane. Dane. <laughs> Dane, Dane. Uh, Ooh. Joe Burrow and the red hot Cincinnati Bengals heading the arrowhead to take on, um, Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow has won the last two against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, including last year's AFC Championship game. Um, let me look at that game. I want to look at the, uh, the stats of that game. Mm. Um, box score. Okay. Yeah, so the Bengals beat the Chiefs 27-24 in overtime. Joe Burrow, 23 for 38, 252 tutties. Um, why is it not showing Patrick Mahomes? It's stats. This is stupid. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Patrick Mahomes, 26-39, through touchdowns, two picks, sacked four times. That's important. If you're, if you're getting to Patrick Mahomes and you're putting him on the ground and making it hard for him, um, you have a chance to be successful on defense. Um, and like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, Dane, mm-hmm. he's not 100%. High ankle sprain is a tough uh, tough injury to play with at quarterback, especially playing, quarterback, right? right? Is it right? It was his right, right leg. leg. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's his plan. foot. And too. and yeah. And if you're a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, he is best when he is running out of the pocket, making off play. balance throws. Right. Like. And yeah. we saw it at the end of that, you know, post injury in that Jacksonville game, he wasn't able to to move around like we know him to move around. Everything was quick, quick, quick. Uh, Cincinnati's defense. We saw last week, and we've seen this playoffs, them being able to put pressure on quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. 
everything on paper, everything that we know about these two teams going into the game says that it should be a Cincinnati win. I'm going to predict a Cincinnati win. Mm. Patrick Mahomes is on the other side. I, I feel like it's going to be close. I'm going to go Cincinnati 50% because they were my Super Bowl pick. <laughs> the other 50% because Joe Burrow, they've won nine in a row. Mm. They're playing tremendous football right now. They, I feel like this is their revenge tour as far as redeeming that loss mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl last year. I think they're trying to get back to that point, obviously. But it's 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 scary down Patrick Mahomes, I'm not gonna lie. Um I but I'm I'm gonna roll with the Bengals. Okay. So And Eli Apple need to stay off Twitter, bro. Yeah, he's a go ahead. Head. That dude is a butthead. You know one thing I I love talking in between the whistles. I love it. But you make it a point to try to be the old tough guy on the interwebs after the game. That's so, bro. That's corny as hell, bro. Yeah. Between, and it's not just me saying this because I'm a Cowboys fan. Trust me, I want nothing more than to disassociate myself from that pathetic display of offense from that game. But between Eli Apple and Debo Samuel's hopping on the internet. After getting like, come on, bro. Yep. Like, and this is, oh, this is corny. Act like he's been there before. Like, that's so corny to say. But it's like, Eli, we seen, we you saw what happened last time you got on the internet talking smack. And you got memefied to the 10,000. You got, he got memefied. He, he, yeah. So I would have thought he would have learned by now, but obviously he hasn't. Anywho. Back to the point. Let me hop off my soapbox. I'm just halfway kidding about that. You know, uh, act like you've been there before. Just, just kidding. Um, <laughs> keep the trash talk up. Just, just make sure you back it up. That's all I gotta say. Those jokes will fly. I'm gonna go with. Soon the as cheese, you get bro. roasted. Facts. Soon as you get burnt. Soon as you get hit with a slant go. They gonna be on you, my boy. Soon as you get ran over. Soon as Jerry McKinnon puts his helmet in your chest. <laughs> Yeah, it's on you, my boy. So anyways, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I actually was teetering with this pick just because the offensive onslaught that the Bengals put on last weekend. Kind of like, man, did I make the right AFC pick? Did I pick the right Super Bowl team? So I'm going to say 50% because Patrick Mahomes is that guy that offense is humming. And the other 50% because... I have no idea how this game is going to go. But I hope this this is probably going to be the better of the two games, in my opinion, just because we have two amazing quarterbacks that I absolutely love the future of the NFL in terms of quarterback play. Two very selfless guys. <laughs> At least on the AFC side. Yeah, AFC true. side is yeah. low. AFC, AFC side is you got Josh Allen, you got Justin Herbert, you got Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow. Well, Trevor Lawrence is on. I mean, I didn't want to go say Joe Burrow because he's Lamar he's Jackson. There, but Lamar Jackson. Good God. So, so yeah, this AFC's got it sold out. In, NFC, aside from Jalen Hurts, what the hell are we doing, guys? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, 
anyways, fifty percent because Patrick Mahomes is that dude, and the other fifty percent, this could this could be a toss up. Um, I'm sad. I'd be satisfied if the Chiefs lost, but I'd also be very happy if they won, just because of, for prediction sake. But I'm going with the Chiefs, man. I'm going with the Chiefs in that high powered octane offense. Yeah, should be two great games, man. Um, I think the key. One last point to that Bengals Chiefs. I think the key, obviously, for the Bengals is make Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable. He's already going to be uncomfortable with the injury. Make him more uncomfortable. I think if, because I leave, I believe. One, they're going to try to establish the run and take the pressure off Patrick Mahomes. But two, Absolutely. when they pass, I think everything's going to be quick. And find Travis Kelsey on the field. Why? I don't understand this. Week after week, Travis Kelsey is wide open. Wide open. He's the best player on the field receiving the ball. It'd be, it'd be good to like, guard the guy, right? In my opinion. Uh, Who am I? I can't... I can't rationalize how the hell he's wide open. I mean, he's a very he's a very elusive runner, very smart. And his instincts are off the. Charts. I was getting frustrated he's watching that friend. Jacksonville game because bucket naked. Like they were running this weird zone and letting him run free off the line of scrimmage, and like you got to get physical gotta with, hands with on Kelsey. Him. Like he's a big guy. Like make everything tough for him. Make everything tough. And I didn't understand why they weren't push, putting pressure on Mahomes after post-injury. Like, they were just sitting back in a zone, th- rushing three guys. I'm like, oh, my God. You're going you to pick the part. Yeah, you're getting this man all day. But anyway, um, should be some great games this championship weekend. Uh, we'll be back next week to discuss uh, the championship winners and the Super Bowl. Um, but now... Nerdy news segment brought to you by Shout out to Keith. Nerdy news segment brought to you by Keith. Shout out to Keith. Thank you, Keith, our producer, beats maker, that guy. Um, Episode two, Dane, of The Last of Us. We discussed episode one. If you have not listened to our review on episode one, go ahead and check that out on last week's episode. (laughs) Spoiler Uh, alert. Spoiler alert as well. If you had not watched episode one or episode two, uh, don't want to listen to this. Uh yeah, so episode two, Dane, what what'd you kind of think of uh how they they uh followed up after after the uh opening episode? I'm loving the opening scene, the the intro scenes. Yes, bone chilling, impressive. I got two F words for you. Flower and fungus. <laughs> the the I was curious the way that they were going to explain how the hell this vi or not virus. How the hell this fungus found its way inside of humans and found its way to, I don't know, transform the entire planet to a desolate wasteland of yeah. undead creatures. But they did it masterfully. Masterfully. Again, if you haven't watched it, spoiler alert, cut this off. Don't, you know, find a friend that has it. See if you can borrow their account password or watch it, whatever. But I was like, man, how are they going to do this? Yeah. So when they explain, like, you know, there is some. There's been some sort of incident at this, uh, at this, you know, grain and flour factory. And I was like, 
Brandon Flowers, like, they don't have to have, have, mm-hmm. have to do with anything. They look, you know, just did some some Googles and realized that Same. there were some connections to the real world about Indonesia being one of the largest producers. Jakarta, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, bro, that's so cool. So anywho, that blew, that that was off the charts for me. But I was like, well, how is that going to affect everybody? And I was like, oh, wait, flour. And that's literally. In almost everything you of, do to, a, a to bulk eat of, or cook. Especially Americans. Especially <laughs> yeah. Americans. Like the American diet is so. I had a burger today with, what's the bread made up? Yeah. Flour. Mm-hmm. I had quesadillas for dinner. What's, like it's. Exactly. So. Exactly. Masterful the way that they set it out. Disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. Um, but opening was amazing. And from there, self-explanatory. Yeah. The episode took on a life of its own. The realism, the foreshadowing, the they broke down a lot of the biology behind how the networks of the neurological functions and networks for these zombie-like creatures and the way that they're so effective at stalking their prey and communicating by a series yeah. of networks that they're all connected to. So it was it was great, bro. Um, we can go into more detail, but how, what about you? What yeah. what did you think about this? The follow up episode, follow up episode of this incredible incredible series. Yeah, to your point where you mentioned about the opening scene, like we've seen mm-hmm. these past two episodes that weren't in the video game, um, kind of set the stage of what to expect. So last week we saw like the kind of talk show kind of sit down of viruses and bacteria and how they Mm -hmm. can infect um, people and how it spreads and things of that nature is one thing we Mm -hmm. didn't get in the game, but it sets the stage of, okay, what what are we dealing with here for, especially for people who had never played the game, kind of sets that stage of, okay, what's, what happens if, uh, uh, fungi, you know, <laughs> kind of spreads, right? So we get that, right? Um, and then the beginning of this episode, we get the doctor in Jakarta that comes in and they ask her, okay, what is, um, what is going on with this organism or whatever here? They have her look at it, sure. and you she can't survive without a human host, right? And, <laughs> yeah, oh boy, <laughs> they have her look at the dead body and see that you know that the virus or I keep calling it a virus, but the uh, the fungi bacterial has already how it affected this this human before they had to kill him, kill her. So, um, what was so great about that scene with the doctor to begin was she immediately knows there's nothing that they can do. Right. Um, the the soldier that's there is telling her what you know what are our options? Is there a vaccine? Is there medicine? She's like, there's no vaccine. There's no medicine. It's the most but gangster like, shit. What are you gangster shit I've ever seen? Yeah, it's the the inhumane side of her her humanity was so gangster. Like bomb it, bomb. But let me go be with my family. Like yeah, bro. At that point, yeah. <laughs> like, my bad. Go ahead, man. Yeah, but that no, that kind of puts you into the despair of like what the people right before this happened and like what's so crazy about it like you th- you you mentioned how flower i think the director and the people's choice to use flower is mm-hmm. to make it relatable to the audience like mm. one because like you said we use flower all the time and two you're like dang we use flower all the time like could this really I, happen I like been a runner by now right like what <laughs> I think it's more of like a to to get that aspect of how it's relatable and how it could happen in I'm not gonna say it could happen in real life, but like 
making that connection to it's based on a real fungus. The yeah, the everyday things that you and I enjoy, the people enjoy. Right. I think that's an important thread that they spun off or that they didn't use in the game that makes it a clearer and more strong connection, I guess, to the audience. Yeah, bro. I, um, I, don't, I don't know if I have the willpower to give up Debbie Cakes <laughs> to avoid turning into one of them. Imagine things. if we gave up flour, like, that's like 85% of our diet. Like, Yeah, we'd have to pivot. I mean, and the, the crazy, you mentioned that. It's a great thing. You remember what Joel forgot to get during episode one? The cake. The cake. So had he had he got the cake, they could have been turned, done. And they would have been well. His daughter eventually ended up dying, but she yeah. didn't eat the cookies that eat the uh, the neighbor was making. Yeah. Uh, they didn't eat the biscuits that the uh, and we forgot to mention uh, Buddy Garrity. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's Buddy Garrity. <laughs> forgot about that. I forgot to say that just, last saw, just been seeing him the last few days because the wife was yeah. watching Friday Night Lights randomly. Yeah. So. Um, Jeez, that's crazy. Uh, another another big scene from this episode. I'm kind of just skipping around in my head, but it's a Texas show too. That's yep. Yeah, I wonder if yep. he lives here. Oh, I'm Texas. sure. I'm sure he's in Texas. Like I'm sure, like ninety percent of that Friday Night Lights cast is lives in Texas. Somewhere in Texas. Um, the uh, introduction of the clickers. We saw oh. you. You had mentioned last episode yeah. seeing the clicker on top of the building at. Yeah, the but final he was scene. crumping. He was crumping on top of the building in the last <laughs> time. Um, we finally get introduced to the clickers. Um, I don't even know how to describe, but it just looks like, uh, uh, like, I don't even know how to describe visually what they look like. It's just like a big fungus, multiple bumps covering the face. It's just disgusting. Disgusting. Um, they can't see, uh, just like in the game, but they, they, they navigate through sound. And so, sonar crap. Tess, Joel, and Ellie going through this museum. I think it's a museum. Um, Yeah, it's the museum, which is based on the video game too. Right, super dope. Then they encounter their first clicker. Actually, two clickers. Yeah, right. Was it two? It was two. Um, and the 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 weird noise that they make, just like the video games, where uh, it's like these clicking noises they use to navigate. They can't see, like I mentioned. Um, they can hear, but they, but they can hear very well. And during this instance, obviously, uh, they make a noise and they ended up going, you know, getting entangled, so to speak, with these clickers. Mm-hmm. And throughout the process, we find out when they, after they get out, that uh, Tess uh, mm-hmm. got bit um, mm-hmm. by a clicker. Um, say nothing. And if you watch the game. Obviously, or excuse me, if you played the game, you you know that this is you know similar to the storyline, right? Um, but what I thought interesting was interesting. I was I was waiting, like to me, it felt like Tess in these first two episodes was not a villain, but she was like kind of put off. Playing the other side, yeah, kind of put off by Ellie Mm -hmm. until she saw that Ellie uh, was immune, and that's when she kind of wants Joel to to go on and and push forward and try to see where this goes to save humanity, so to speak. And I was listening to the, com- I don't know if you listened to the commentary after the episode. But oh, they no, kinda- I didn't know that that was the thing. Oh yeah. They that. always do like a six minute commentary with like the directors and the, oh boy, that actually <laughs> made Talking the game. Dead. 
Yeah, basically, it's like it's it's the thing that HBO does with all their series. Like after the episode, like the last six minutes of the episode, it's like them talking about. it. I always cut it off because I don't want them to show next time on Dragon Ball. Yeah. Like I don't want that to happen where they show the scenes or. Yeah. So I was like, oh. But uh, they basically had said how um, her Tess's kind of flip to helping is kind of. Oh, actually, they had the actress who plays Tess. I can't remember mm-hmm. her name, but. They, she had mentioned how her character kind of, when she finds out that Ellie, you know, is immune, she kind of feels like this is her chance to atone for all of the bad stuff she's done in this pandemic world, killing people, uh, stealing all these things. And so I felt like um, Ellie, in that in those last moments where she sacrifices herself and tells Joel to kind of move uh, on. You're skipping over the most disgusting part of the episode. What did I miss? She out there tonguing the the little zombie dude. Oh yeah, she sacrificed herself. Oh nasty ass. That's disgusting. That's a nasty bro. They made those things so disgusting. Yeah, yeah, that was disgusting. Just imagine a series of spider webs, right, with the strength of like some toothpicks crawling out of somebody's mouth and tonguing somebody. If you haven't watched it, like that's she nasty. She nasty yeah. for that. Facts. I don't care if she was, you know, saving them and. And helping going out with a boom, <laughs> but that was disgusting. I was like, hey, I, when she when when she started getting when the dude like turned around and started walking, I was like, oh hell no, you better get that light, get the get the match going. And then when he got closer and was like, right, I was like, I was like, you better not, you nasty. And then she, take take it. <laughs> I was like, Ugh. yeah, so, yeah, she nasty as hell for that. This is not a right? uh, visual delight if if you yeah. don't like uh, squirming and all those things that are. Weird to look at, but um, toned up zombie man. It's yeah, disgusting. this this uh episode was kind of I don't I can't think of any other big moments or reveals because it was mainly filled with those three characters. Correct. Yeah, I think for one of the things that I did notice was uh, just a lot of the a lot of the um what's the best way to put it a lot of the nods to the video game. Mm-hmm. Like when they were inside the museum using the cover to hide from the zombies like you do in the game. Like yeah. being able to, you don't have to interact or fight with some, most of the monsters in the game. You can, or monsters, most of the zombies in the game. You can walk your way around and creep around them. In fact, there are achievements being able to creep around them and, and not having to engage in fights with some of them because you don't have to. But seeing them, you know, show those nods to that. Her them acknowledging the spores. We talked about in episode yes. one where the spores yes. gonna be a big deal. We weren't sure because we were still in episode one. Her acknowledging the um her acknowledging the spores at the very beginning or when they were crossing the bridge. When they were walking the highway. Yeah. yeah. And then acknowledging the uh, the exploding ones. Like you remember the the fights or not the fight scene. Cause I know you recently started playing it again, right? Yep. Well that scene we had to in the gym, if I'm not mistaken, yep. we had to shoot that Yeah. And he was that's where I got stuck the... at the first time I played it, Bruh. That that's hard. That's a hard part, Bruh. So yeah, what are they called? Bloat bloaters or something like? Yeah, something something, something weird, like weird. something weird. But yeah, those re- them referring to that, and then obviously it was just a really cool tie in the, the, the way that they explained how they can all connect and communicate to one another based on the little tendrils that. Or roots that come out from the ground, like that was dope. Yeah, because it's it's so unrealistic. Other than like the hive mentality, it's so. I mean, obviously, it's easy to rationalize. Okay, there's zombies in the movie. Anything is possible. Yeah, but 
for them to describe in such great detail. And they about, show it too when they exactly. stepped on the hive and then all of them like woke them up and started turned running. into Usain Bolt. Yeah. <laughs> like they was all chilling on the ground, you know what I'm saying? Crumping on the ground and stuff. And then all of a sudden when the little roots came up and said, hey, they got bodies over here. Yeah. We got food. Come through. It's an all-you-can-eat buffet. Yeah. And there's three of them. They pulled up in less than, he said less than a minute, but they pulled mm-hmm. up in like 13 seconds. And like they were right. all running like super, like they were full form you know what i'm saying 90 to 90 so that was nice. solid but i'm 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 really excited about what they got in store for episode three i'm trying to stay dark on all of it uh so i try to stay away from previews any type of you know niches and on twitter and, and different groups on youtube like stay away from all those because I, yeah. I want this, i want everything to be fresh yeah so. speaking of which and not to pivot off that but yeah uh the first two episodes fire um excited for episode three which we'll talk about next week um but like you mentioned trying to stay dark mm-hmm. uh i have not been spoiled but they are apparently the script for ant-man quantum in the uh ant-man and the wasp quantum mania has leaked on mm-hmm. social media like a lot of things that happen with marvel so be careful if you're listening dane be careful online i have not seen them d- as well you know i go dark yep uh, zero, dark, zero dark, zero dark thirty. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that week out for a premiere, I was like, "Yep, I'm muting all these words. I'm deleting Twitter off my phone. Yep. I not listen to the radio. I don't listen to sports yep. podcasts just to make sure." You're I don't about uh, about three weeks out. This Friday will be three weeks. Am I right? Oh, oh four. 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 Yeah. Wait, wait. This three. three. February February seventeenth. That's that's my wife's due date, right? Which of course, you know, after Friday, she can, you know, the babies can come at any point right. in time. So. Wrong. Yeah, February seventeenth is the same oh, day dumb. that Ant Man comes out. No, you're not dumb, bro. Just got a little moment. It's three no, it weeks. Is three weeks. It's three weeks. Okay, let me, let me three weeks from Friday or Thursday if you go see it on the Thursday. I had to look at my calendar. Anyway, yeah, I got you. Yeah, but uh, yeah, bro. Uh, anything you want to say before we get up out this thing? Episode ninety five. Did you find a superlative for the episode ninety five? No, I didn't. You know I. I'm sorry, Deontay. Sorry. <laughs> you usually be on it, bro. Uh, I don't got a surprise. Well, we can go with juvenile with the 95 to 2000. He said 99 to 2095. But uh, I don't know. I can't think of any great ones. Probably There's probably a good one probably before my time. Yeah. Um, well, the one that's dominating right now in, in the NFL is freaking Chris Jones of the Chiefs. Oh, Miles Garrett. I mean, that's another good one. Yeah, Miles right, Garrett that's a, well. But Chris Jones, because he's still yeah. on, on Chris Jones. Yeah. We need a Chris Jones for, for the Cowboys. <laughs> Enough about I, the Cowboys. Tell tell, like tell everybody what them YouTube people say, bro. Hey, man, don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe, man. Join the Naughty Gang. And it's like a 10,000-hour-long YouTube video, but they only give you like 10 seconds worth of content, like somewhere typically in the middle or the later part of the video. But we're not going to do that to you here. Here at the Duo Sports and Sub Podcast, we're going to have a nice, solid hour to two hours worth of content premium okay just for you tailored just for you you're gonna get all of it all you got to do is go in your favorite place where you get all your podcasts or you can hop on youtube watch there hey hit us with the follow like and subscribe you're gonna get exclusive content through the entire video not just a half of a half of a half of a percent oh Dane said it, man. Episode 95 of the duo. You can follow us on all socials at DF's Right Steps, at Dane DTX, at Duo SNS Podcast. we on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, 
I think that's it. We we got messenger pigeons out there too. <laughs> Episode ninety five, man. Appreciate y'all for rocking with us. We out. The do what we do. The do what we do.